You're listening to CSB Broadcast, your local connection to what's happening in your community and at Community State Bank. Thanks for listening, everybody, and, and welcome to our podcast. I'm Scott Hudipole, president of Community State Bank, and today we're honored to have Rodney Prunty, who is the president and chief professional officer of United Way of Racine County. Welcome, Rodney. Thank you. Thank you, Scott. Glad to be here. It's good to have you. appreciate your time. Uh, if you can just start by telling us a little bit about you, Rodney. I mean, a lot of people know who you are, but uh, there's a lot of people that don't. You're fairly new to the area, just like me, a couple of years. So why don't you give us a little bit of background? Well, uh, I've been in Racine County for a little over two years now. I got here um, August 1st of 2013, but prior to that, um, born um, in St. Louis, didn't spend a whole lot of time there, and essentially was raised in Rockford, Illinois, not too far down the road from here. Um, basically, uh, throughout my life, I always had kind of an affinity for wanting to help people. So as I went through school and got my education, I decided that I wanted to work in nonprofit. So um, I've worked uh, kind of across the spectrum, you know, starting out working uh, for the Boys and Girls Club as a program coordinator. I was a preschool teacher for six years. A lot of people really? kind of give me that look like, wow, you did that for six years? That's, that's like the equivalent of 20 years if you work in a higher level of education. Uh-huh. Um, and um, then also did case management. And then I actually got connected to United Way because I was a program director for an organization that provided services for uh, young fathers. Uh, and young mothers. And so as part of uh, being that partner agency for United Way in Rockford, uh, I'd go out um, during the campaign and speak on behalf of United Way and why it's so important to support United Way. And I'll just never forget the first time uh, I actually had the opportunity to do that. I was at UPS and it was two o'clock in the morning. I had a young father with me and I just remember uh, the presentation from the United Way rep and I just thought to myself, wow, you know they do really really good work and and I was that's when the affinity really just grew for United Way because of the aspirational focus of the organization and the fact that it looks to unite the community across sectors organizations volunteers people from all walks of life it doesn't matter you know you essentially have something to contribute and United Way works to mobilize that so um, that's what brought me to United Way um, and I served in that capacity in Rockford for uh, about six years I was um, in campaign for a while so I got to go out and tell the story I really loved that and then I was promoted to vice president which led me to where I am today um, you talked a little bit about United Way and uh, can you explain how first of all you know it's United Way of Racine County so is, is it all-encompassing of the county and and has it always been that way um, it is all-encompassing of the county, so we serve, you know, east of the eye, Union Grove, Burlington, Waterford, all of the municipalities in Racine County. Um, that's our service area. I believe this predates me, but I think ever since about somewhere around 2004, um, that's been the case. Prior to that, I think it was more the Racine area, United Way, but then uh, my predecessor was able to kind of merge with, um, uh, the, with the uh, Community Foundation um, in uh, west of the eye, I don't remember, I don't recall the name of sure. it, but uh, uh, then that's when we expanded to be countywide. Mm-hmm. Okay, and and I'd also add too that one of the misconceptions I think people have about United Way is that if they donate to United Way of Racine County, that the money goes to United Way National, and then they kind of distribute it out, and that it's not that local element because you know we're a pretty well-known brand, and people see the NFL. 
uh, commercials and NFL football players with uh, United T-shirts and things like that. And so um, it's important for people to know that uh, you pledge here, um, your money stays here. So yeah. all that goes back to the local community. I also should tell people that I have the honor of being on the board. So yes. I have, the, I have that, that connection. And one of the things going through the, the all-encompassing part of the county is that I found interesting that I didn't know until I was on the board is that, you know, we have a, we have a, a lot of customers on the western part of the county also. And uh, I find it interesting or found it interesting that uh, there's more money that comes back to western part of the county than goes to United Way. So, mm -hmm. uh, so that the thought that, you know, you give it all and it all stays in the eastern part isn't, isn't true at all. No, not at all. There, the ratio is somewhere around for every dollar that's pledged um, from western Racine County that goes to United Way. Somewhere in the neighborhood of about $4 comes back. Okay, okay, very interesting. Can you, you've been, been with United Way then for, for what, about eight, eight years? years? Okay. Mm -hmm. Tell me the change you've seen over that, that eight year period of time. When I started at United Way, it was already kind of in the midst of, of a transformation that had actually been underway probably since the late 90s. And so um, for so many years um, since its inception, United Way had, you know, kind of the partner agencies that it, that it would fund, a number of partner agencies, and again, that would vary based on community. And so it was a closed process. So it was money would be raised and then those partner agencies would be funded based on um, how many people did you serve? You know, how many people came through your door? And pretty much it was a process where the partners were essentially assured of funding. Well, then that shift started to change when this whole outcomes-based accountability wave kind of hit the nonprofit sector in the late 90s. And United Way was in the forefront of that, at the forefront of that. And so then it changed. So instead of partner agencies knowing every year they were going to get funded and there were not going to be opportunities for others to get involved in the mix, it became an open process. So any nonprofit organization that wanted to be funded by United Way could be funded and there was an accountability level. So, you know, it was just more about the number of, it was more than just the number of people that you serve, but then also what were the life-changing activities or interventions that you provided that we could point towards long-term sustainable community change. So instead of saying we had 100 kids in the gym, uh, we had a great year, right? It was more now along the lines of, well, what did you do with them in the gym? Did you do homework assistance? Did you increase, did you help increase their grades by a certain level so that they could go on and be productive in life? And so it really started to move in that direction. Um, and then it went through kind of another evolution around United Way becoming more a leader in the community around um, developing its own initiatives. Not to, not to compete with nonprofits, but to be the leader to say, here are some key you know, community issues that we need to address um, based on um, data and research and what people have told us, United Way, we're gonna take the lead to help increase um, the number of kids who are reading at grade level by the time they get to fourth grade, for example. And then United Way would then uh, partner with schools and others, volunteers to help make that happen. So that was kind of that other element. And now we're at the point where we're looking at how can we make a difference collectively? You know, we've had a lot of success as a United Way, and there's been a lot of great things that have happened in this community over the course of the last 30 years, but they've been isolated pockets of success where the needle hasn't moved significantly enough for us to see true community change. So now it's about how do we align uh, and consolidate resources in a way so that we can have a deeper impact. And so that's really kind of now this this second wave of evolution that United Way is going through now since I've been with the organization. 
how would one measure the success of that? I mean, what you just described, you know, it touches a lot of people, touches a lot of different, you know, partners within the uh, the United Way system. How how does United Way measure? You know, when when you sit down at the end of the year, how do you look at you know look at yourself and say? We're successful here. We need work here. How do you measure it? You know, it's interesting that you asked that question because, you know, if it was 20 years ago, if you would have asked me that, I would have said, well, uh, our success will be measured by how much money we raise in the United Way campaign. But now that's different. Now it's about how many lives that we improve and, and at what level. Now, fundraising is still critically important to our work. We can't do what we do without raising funds and, and meeting our fundraising goals, certainly. Um, make no mistake about that. But when we look at how do we measure our success, we look at um, establishing benchmarks, sort of like how a business would do. So what are we looking to accomplish in terms of, again, so I mentioned um, kids reading uh, at grade level by fourth grade, right? So then what, what are the percentages that we're trying to hit as we measure our progress towards that goal? So those are preset benchmarks. We then you know measure against how we did that particular year against those benchmarks, and then we kind of utilize that whole continuous improvement process around it. So we don't say, well, you know, if we didn't hit our mark, we don't say we didn't hit our mark. Well, we'll just try harder next year. It's more along the lines of we know we need to do things differently. So let's do a deeper analysis of what needs to change so that we can get better uh, in that following year. Kind of that whole Six Sigma quality uh, improvement uh, business model. Mm-hmm. And again, that's also another element that you see more nonprofits moving towards now. Sure, sure. The accountability, yes. I mean, it's, as you say, it's, a, it's, it's critical. Mm-hmm. I've been on the board for about a year, a little over a year, I think it is, and uh, a lot of time has been spent during that, that period talking about the single issue, mm-hmm. uh, which is building an educated workforce. Can you explain to our listeners what that means? Well, um, I would say first and foremost that this was um, a focus that we arrived at through a very extensive process, that it wasn't you know, we, we kind of did a, a superficial examination of the, of the county and said, this is what sounds good, let's do this. I mean, it took about a year. So we talked to our donors, we talked to people who didn't even give to us, we talked to people from all walks of life in the community, people who were living these challenges every single day, service providers. Um, we looked at the actual empirical data in the county before we were able to arrive at, you know what, we really need to focus on building an educated workforce. And really what that means is, we want to focus on building the education of the educated workforce of the future um, and then also focus on the educated workforce of today. So, you know, at United Way, we have education, income, and health as our focus areas. So we're, we're looking at what kind of strategies can we employ to make sure that our kids have what they need to be successful in school and life. So what do we need to do to make sure that our kids are literacy ready by the time they get to kindergarten? What do we need to do to make sure the kids make that successful transition from middle school to high school? Uh, in terms of the workforce of today, what can we do for folks who have been displaced from jobs who need specific kind of specialized training to get back into the workforce? Or how do we help increase family financial stability so that we have more people who have family sustaining jobs and that can be productive um, members of our society? Uh, and then when we look at health, we know that none of those other two pieces, education and income, make a difference if the physical and the mental health aren't addressed. because. Uh, if they're not, they severely impair the capacity for folks to really realize their potential uh, economically and then also to give back to the community. Another topic that we talk about quite a bit at the board, the board meetings is the community school concept. Explain what it is. 
it was a very exciting concept. Um, some would say it's been around for a while, but the newest iteration is one that has really been able to make a difference across the country. So again, this is kind of a research-based, evidence-based model of engaging students and families uh, using kind of a place-based approach. Um, before I get a little bit more into that, I, I was having a meeting with uh, one of the community leaders and, he's, and I was telling him about this concept and he said, you know, that makes perfect sense because he said, you know what, um, when I hunt pheasants, uh, I hunt them where they're at. You know, I don't, I don't set traps. I go to where they are. And it's kind of that whole same concept. So really what it is, is it uses a school um, as kind of the hub of services in any community, which basically that's been the role that schools have served for many, many years. And so it engages parents and students around a neighborhood around a certain set of services and outcomes. But at the center of it is student achievement. So the school is non-traditional in that it is open before school hours, during school hours, and then after school hours, these services are provided, and then even on weekends. But it isn't, for example, a hodgepodge of we're going to do um, Boy Scout services here, we're going to have big brothers, big sisters in here, we're going to do um, advancing family assets in here and just see what happens. It's very coordinated and it's also based on the needs of that particular school So because each school can be different. And so you have to engage the school in conversations around what, what's your school improvement plan? What are you trying to accomplish? You talk to parents and you say, hey, what do you need? What would you like? to be in the school in terms of some services that United Way can help fund. And then we look at student um, uh, outcomes and data to say, oh, well, certainly students need coping skills. There's mental health issues we know in this school, so we want to bring in those support services as well. And then, to the point that we talked about earlier, we set those benchmarks in those different areas. Uh, what are we trying to improve in education, income, and health? And then we measure our progress against that which really um, we've seen over time has been really significant and, and really changing the face and reimagining education. Just a quick story, um, out of Cincinnati, um, it had to have been about 10, 15 years ago, um, Cincinnati was really at the low end, Cincinnati School District on graduation rates. They were at the level of about 50 some odd percent to the point that the feds were getting ready to come in and, and really make some changes there. So they implemented the community schools model along with another kind of collective impact practice and in about uh, 10 years or so, they went from 52% to beyond 80% wow. with their high school graduation rate. And there's still um, kind of that, that model when it comes to how you implement a community school in a way to be effective. Mm -hmm. what, what would be the United Way's involvement in something like that? Well, we are now working with um, a school um, in a very challenged neighborhood uh, in the Racine uh, Unified School District, uh, Knapp School. And actually, we are very lucky because um, the school is over 120 some odd years old, and so they're rebuilding a new school now because it's it's certainly time for that. And so we were able to engage with the the administration, the teachers, the parents, and the community around that school to determine what were going to be the services to go into the school when it opens in September of 2016. And so the architects working with the architects as well, we were able to, they were able to build this school to accommodate the community school model so that there's extra space for services to be provided. The school is now configured in a way so that um, even the size of the gym and having bleachers in there so that on the weekends when kids need a place to be, uh, where they can be engaged in constructive activities, that was even um, brought into consideration. So it'll actually be our first foray into kind of our whole um, focus on building an educated workforce because the community school model does both. I mean, it's, it's, it's 
building for the future with the support services we have for the students, but then we have the parents coming in to get those critical services that they need too so that we can focus on building the workforce of today as well. Can that be leveraged? I know we're looking at one school now. I mean, how, how does United Way leverage that? In terms of uh, expanding or other, funding? Other or, schools. Um, we will not, unfortunately, have the benefit of being able to build new schools from the ground up to accommodate the model. but. That doesn't mean that it can't be done. In fact, most community schools, probably I would say upwards of 99%, um, basically are retrofit to accommodate the services. So the plan for us is to pilot this, this community schools uh, model and then scale up and out as we are able to show success. Okay, outstanding. What do you see the biggest challenge in, in the county? You can't, you've come in, you've been here for a little over two years, uh, you've had a chance to analyze it. What do you, what do you see the biggest challenge we have here? I would say certainly the employability of the workforce. Okay. Um, that's one of the things, uh, one of the top issues that we, we found when we were holding those discussions with folks in the community and looking at our um, donor survey data, there was a big concern around that. And that dovetails with what um, I continue to hear from business leaders um, just about every week. In fact, just even yesterday, I was talking to a business leader who has a very uh, high level um, highly recognizable business west of the eye and she was saying we are having a heck of a time getting folks who are able to come to the workforce with just the basic skills that you and I take for granted like taking direction from your supervisor, showing up to work on time, calling in if you can't make it. These are what they call the soft skills that um, over time has completely eroded in, in terms of what the young folks have been able to, to bring to the table when they whether they graduate from high school or even college for that matter. And so that's a big concern. And then we look at uh, kind of the state of uh, poverty. You know, even though the poverty rate has been um, declining, and that's a great thing, especially countywide. I think as a county, we are probably um, uh, not nearly at the at the bottom of the of the um, statistical scope when it comes to that. But if you if you extrapolated the city of Racine out of that, then you would see that it would be worse. So that also impacts the ability for kids to to learn. If kids are hungry. Um, if they are living in an environment where survival mode is, is the order of the day, they're not going to be focused in school. In fact, even at, uh, I was at a meeting and I was talking to a bunch of high school teachers and, you know, a lot of the things that are happening in terms of initiatives to make sure that our kids are uh, successful academically are critically important and exciting. But the t the, what, what the teacher said to me always will stick in my mind when she said, you know, the elephant in the room is that a lot of these kids come from environments um, where they are poor, where they aren't even able to wear, uh, to wash their clothes on a regular basis, where they, they have hygiene problems, they're hungry. I've had many students just come to school and they, their heads, they just put their heads on their desk. They're just not even ready. And she said, you know, I'm a good teacher. I'm good, but I'm not that good. And so until we start addressing some of these things too, we're not going to be able to show success. So that's another issue. Um, and uh, I would say, and I would say that's probably all of it. So when you kind of intertwine poverty and how that affects the education system, so it's kind of three in one there. And that's not just an, an east side issue, is it? It is not. In fact, um, you would even see that uh, west of the eye, whether it is issues around poverty becoming more and more prevalent in the schools, work readiness. Again, um, I cited a business leader west of the eye. Um, a lot of the kids on, on the western side of the, of the county don't have those skills either. Um, in fact, um, there's a sizable percentage of students um, west of the eye um, who don't even have those college-ready skills either, no, no different than the, the kids uh, east of the eye. And so this is a countywide issue. It isn't just regulated to the city of Racine. Mm -hmm. Okay, so 
the campaign kicked off. So we're going to be going to, I know at, at Community State Bank, we'll be asking our employees to consider donating time and, and resources to, to United Way. If I've never done that before, if I've never been involved, if I've never made any type of contribution to United Way, why should I? I think one of the biggest things around why it's so important to support United Way is really our scope. The scope of how we're able to touch the community on all sides. And if you want to talk about really having that kind of impact to really move the needle, United Way is really that, that perfect vehicle to do so. Um, beyond scope, it's also accountability. You know, um, We hold ourselves very, very highly accountable for the results that we seek. We also hold our agencies that we fund uh, just as accountable for the results that uh, they profess to seek as well. Um, certainly, I've always believed that I want to make sure that I can look donors in the eye, any donor in our community, to say, you know what, by supporting United Way, we were able to make decisions that were, we did right by you in doing so. And so accountability is a high, high priority because if, if someone was to, were to give just directly to an agency, and not to say that they can't or, or that there's anything wrong with that, but they're going to lose that kind of high-level vetting to say, you know, this organization really has kind of passed muster in terms of the results that they've been able to uh, achieve as an organization. So I can feel comfortable that my investment is well taken care of. Outstanding. Ronnie, any last thoughts or anything that you want to really uh, get across that we haven't covered yet today? Well, I would say again uh, to the folks listening that, you know, an investment in United Way is one that you can certainly feel confident in making. Um, one of the things that uh, I've always been proud of in terms of uh, United Way and our work is that, you know, you've seen those t-shirts where it says Live United and people have said, oh, that's great. I love the Live United slogan. And I immediately say, well, no, it's not a slogan because it really is more than that. It's not a tagline or a catchphrase. It's really, it's a philosophy. It's a way of life. And, and you know, the only way that communities will advance, the only way that communities can advance is united around uh, a common cause, around advancing the common good for everybody. We need to be able to create opportunities for everyone to be successful. Um, and again, the key word is create opportunities. We can't, we can lead a horse to water, we can't make them drink, but we have to make sure that those opportunities are present because that's the only way that we're gonna see sustainability as a community over the long term. Yeah, and, I, and, I, and as you know, I feel really strong about that. That's a, uh, as, as we talked you know, a year or so ago about joining the board, uh, you know, one, one of my, one of the way I think and believe is, is bad things happen to good people. And we have to we have to help them assist people. I mean that's that that should be part of our of our internal mission. Um, but we also have to create an opportunity and create a situation uh, where that's short lived. And uh, and one of the things that I think you you do a fantastic job of, Rodney, is is to focus on that. And 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 I've seen you know I've I've been parts of United Ways for many 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 years, and I really see the focus here and the focus that you brought to to Racine County is. Uh, long-term sustainability and uh, how, how can we make lives better how can we give people the opportunity to make their life better uh, as you say you know you can lead a horse to the water but you can't make them drink uh, to make sure that that everybody has that opportunity to to, to do better to make themselves better in, in society and community and then ultimately those people help make the community better behind them and uh, one of the things I think of is the transitional learning center 
in, in Burlington when, when we were talking. I was at a, at a visit there about, I don't know, a year ago. And uh, one of the questions I asked is, this is a, uh, the Transitional um, Living Center is a, a center for, for women and children who, who need, you know, a short-term place to stay. And I said, do you ever have people that live here that eventually come back and help volunteer here? And they did. And I think that's what's critical for, for the success of this county is that we have that. We have that happening where people are more involved and they, and they care. And uh, we create the situation, the, the roadmap for people to make, make themselves better. And I think ultimately that's, that's what I believe our mission you know, is as the United Way. Absolutely. Again, just to put it plainly, I mean, it's a hand up more than anything, right? Yep. Um, certainly, we, we acknowledge that, uh, you know, crises, they occur. Um, and most of the time, they're, they're certainly um, un, unprovoked um, and, and unforeseen. Uh, but, the, but the idea is, how do we get folks to be uh, self, um, self-sustainable? Mm-hmm. And so that, that leads into a community where you have more productive citizens, whether it is in work and life and then giving back. I mean, that's the key. Yeah, you think of Cincinnati, your example, a 50% graduation to 80% graduation rate in high school. I mean, if you really think what that means, it, it's phenomenal. And if you, know, if, you can, if you can, you know, the, the meter, if you can take the meter up, you know, 10%, you know, in this in this area, I mean that that is, it's unbelievable what that can do for the next generation of the next generation. Absolutely, that reminds me of a statistic that I saw. I can't remember the exact number. Just a couple of days ago, that talks about if the graduation rate gets to the national graduation rate gets to I think ninety percent, that there's a windfall of uh, of economic prosperity across the board. And so what you're saying is significantly true. You're gonna see a higher level of economic prosperity the more we see kids achieve in school and then go on to be um, responsible, productive adults. Outstanding. One one last thing, I guess, before I forget, is uh, the campaign goal just got kicked off. What What is the goal for this year? The goal is $5.2 million, and that's actually uh, an increase of $100,000 over last year's goal of $5.1 million, which we actually reached. Fantastic. I'm sure we'll get it again. Rodney, we appreciate your time today. We really do. And uh, and I appreciate, as a board member, the things that you do and the things that you've brought to uh, to the United Way of Racine County your thought process, your drive. Uh, it's been its been enjoyable to uh, be part of it to watch. So we appreciate your time and uh, keep up the good work. Thank you, Scott. I appreciate the opportunity to talk with you and, and the folks listening out there. Yeah. Thanks, Rodney. Thanks, Scott. Thanks for listening to CSB Broadcast, your local connection to what's happening in your community and at Community State Bank. To learn more about Community State Bank, please visit us online at communitystatebank.net.